Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. today because we're starting a brand new series called Heart for the House. Somebody say Heart for the House. It's a brand new series. I'm really, really pumped about it. And it's really a a series all about why we do what we do. As a church, we do a whole lot of things. And maybe you came in here, you're like, oh, you guys are so loud during worship and you praise God so much. And why are you guys all excited and opened up new campus and all that? Why do you do what you're going to find out through the series? Why we do what we do. You know, we believe that God has a personal journey for all of us. In fact, we just had a series about it. We believe that God wants everybody to reach him, to get to know him, so that everybody can have a personal relationship with him. We also believe that God wants to help every single human being to find freedom and get help in some areas. And he does that through community and connect groups. Amen? And that's why we think everybody should be in a connect group. We also believe that God wants for everyone to discover their purpose and he wants to teach us about our purpose you are designed a specific way because God has a specific purpose for your life and so we want to teach people about that and then God also wants to release people so that they make a difference in their life and we talked about that last week and we believe that's true that you can make a difference with your life now now that's true personally but it's also true corporately collectively as a church we should be making a difference As a church, Calvary should be making a difference in our community. The church around the world should be making a difference around the world. And we believe that's why God has the church here on earth, so that we can make a difference here on this globe, on this planet we call earth. And so this series, it's really a making a difference series, making a difference series. In fact, we do it about entering into the fourth quarter because we know uh, we're about to enter the fourth quarter of the year where there's going to be a whole lot of festivities and fun and The holidays are coming up. Anybody enjoy the holidays? Anybody ready for Thanksgiving and Christmas? Can I get an amen? (laughs) People already putting up Thanksgiving decorations. I'm like, slow it down. But it's coming fast. And and a lot of us, we enjoy those times with friends and with family. And and so this fourth quarter of the year, we're going to get ready to have a whole lot of fun with Dream Team and family, friends. But, But can we be real? There's a lot of people that don't have the blessings we have. Right? There's a lot of people that are not going to enjoy the things that we have, right? There's a lot of people that don't have friends and family and resources like we do. So as a church, we like to take kind of like a little pause, like a little time out. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's take a moment to think about why we do what we do, right? All, All this year, we've had series about us, 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 God empowering us, God filling us, the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Holy Spirit for us, focus. We started the year us focusing on what God has for us. Like, all of our series is for us to get better as believers, and that's great. We're for that. But let's take a pause right as we are about to begin the, new, the, the, the fourth quarter of the year and say, wait a minute, what can God do through us? Can I get an amen? amen? Right, let's take a moment and say, wait a minute, eyes off of us. We've had series all about us. Let's take a moment to put eyes on others. Let's make a difference as a church. And so that's why we have the Heart for the House series. In fact, midway through the series, in two weeks, we have a Heart for the House offering. There should be an envelope in every seat called Heart for the House. If you can, grab that envelope. Come on, show your neighbor. Ask their neighbor where their envelope is at. Come on, Heart for the House envelope. We want everybody to participate. It's in two weeks. And uh, the whole church participates. 
It's beautiful, and I pray that you'll participate with us. Um, every single week, as you know, we have our tithings and offering moment. That's just obedience. We believe that God blesses every week, and so we give God back his 10% or whatever you want. Every single week, we give God. We think 10% is a good place to start, but that, that's obedience. What we have once a year is a generosity moment. Hey, if you want to give over and above, let's do it through Heart for the House. This doesn't go to pay bills, rents, lights, none of that overhead. This goes just for the blessing of others. We're taking a moment to take eyes off ourselves and bless others. Can I get an amen? amen? And so in two weeks, we'll be collecting an offering. Every single October, we do it. Last year as a church, we were able to raise $270,000 through Heart for the House. Oh, come on. Can somebody give God some praise for that? Come on. And uh, this year we have a goal of $300,000. It's going to help us to continue to improve this house, bless other people through this house. It's going to help us partner with different organizations in our city to make Miami better. And then it goes to bless a bunch of people all around the world. And so we're really excited about that. And uh, I think $300,000 is not a hard goal. If 300 people say, hey, I can give a thousand this year, we'll get $300,000. And uh, just things like that. We have kids that are in kids ministry that have brought 10, 20, 30, $40 to Heart for the House. Some them with lemonade stands and doing stuff. They're like, oh, we want to participate in Heart for the House. We've had some youth, some teenagers that come with $300, dollars $500 for Heart for the House, and they sacrifice people selling stuff on eBay and all that just to bless the house so that we can continue being a blessing to others. And so pray about it with you and your spouse. Take the envelope home. October 20th, we had that moment where we're going to give. If you're single, talk to Jesus about it, but we're all praying about it. October 20th, we're going to be generous in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Come on, everybody thank God that he's a good God. I want you to grab your Bibles, and I want you to go to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Come on, as you're going there, can you look at the person you're sitting next to and tell them, I am so happy to be sitting next to you this morning. Can we get a little bit more lights in the auditorium? Yeah, it's a little bit dark. I'd like to see some faces. Come on, 1 Timothy chapter 6. Come on, look at the person on the other side and tell them, I don't want to sit next to nobody else but you. <laughs> Tell somebody they look good. We're starting this Heart for the House series that's all about others and uh, why we do what we do. We do it for others. First Timothy chapter 6, going to begin to read in verse 17. Are you feeling well, church? Come on, are you feeling well this morning? It's good to be in the house of God. We're going to begin to read out of verse 17. If you're there, can you shout Amen. Paul's writing to Timothy and he tells him this. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God. Hey, don't, don't put your hope in riches or in wealth, but put them on God. Put your hope in him because he richly provides us with everything for our Enjoy me. Come on, that's good. God wants you to enjoy your life. Verse 18, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they'll lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age or for the next life so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Come on, how good is that right there? Then you'll find out what life is. Is really all about first Timothy chapter 6 those verses are gonna be kind of like the foundation for this series 
This is a Heart for the House series. Why we do what we do. We're reminded, hey, eyes off of us. Let's make a difference, not just personally, but collectively as a church. And as we begin this series, as we begin these next four or five weeks of this series, I want to start week one. I want to start with this message. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I want to talk to you from this subject, the weight of blessing. The weight of blessing. Why don't you tap three people around you and tell them the weight, the weight, the weight of blessing, the weight of blessing. Come on. (laughs) Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. And then uh, we'll get with the message. Worship Jesus a little bit and have an incredible day. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy, for your love. Thank you for this amazing day. Thank you for everything you're doing throughout all of our locations and every single person. Jesus, we love you. We pray that you would have your way in this place. Speak to us. Encourage us. Heal us. Open up our eyes to see way more than probably we're seeing today. In Jesus' name, all of God's people say. Come on, all of God's people say. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. Come on. There there are two things, two things in life that I really, really dislike. Two things that I really dislike. The first one is cats. I just don't like cats. I really don't like cats. I think dogs are God's best friend and man's best friend. If you're a cat lover, I'm sorry, um, but we love you. Um, The second thing is moving. Anybody with me? Anybody dislike moving? Anybody? Am I alone? Anybody dislike moving? Come on. I don't like moving. I think moving days are just, ah, they get the best out of me. I I don't like moving. I just think about boxes and renting U-Hauls, and it's crazy. I don't like moving. If you're judging me right now, I'll judge you right back. You have your struggle too, right? That's my struggle. I don't like moving. I don't enjoy the moving process. I'm not a person that likes clutter. I don't like messiness. So when when I get into my house and it's moving day and I see boxes everywhere and moving, like, I don't know. I just like, I want to, I wish I had enough money. I'll just hire somebody. I'll go to the beach and I'll I'll show up at the new place. Like, it'll just all be there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, I don't want to do the moving. And so uh, a couple weeks ago, me and Diana, we've been living in the same place for now almost nine years and God provided an opportunity. And so we moved. We moved to a new place a couple of weeks ago. And so we had a moving day. I don't enjoy it, but we had a moving day. And so I was like, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Let's do this. And uh, we were moving. And um, while we were moving, we were getting ready to, to, to move things into place. And we got this kind of like townhouse. It's a two-story townhouse. And, and one of the things that happens during moving is that you remember how heavy things are. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, you remember how heavy things are. Uh, We had to move uh, a washing machine, and my father came to help me out, and we had to put the washing machine on the second floor. I'm like, why do they make these things so heavy? Like, why? I was just like, can we wash on the first floor? We'll just just wash it there. I'm kind of like, we don't need a washing machine. We'll wash down in the river. I don't care. Like, this thing is heavy. Like, I was just so frustrated because it was heavy. We have this set of couches that we've had since we got married. We've been married now. Next month, it's going to be 10 years being married. Come on, somebody. So we're excited about that. And it's time for some babies in Jesus' name. I'm just kidding. We don't want no babies yet. You have them. Uh, um, so 10 years, we've had these couches. And, and um, we, we started moving the couches and when we started moving the couches, I was reminded how heavy the couches were. 
And I'm like, why did we ever buy these couches? Like, why did we buy heavy couches? Are there light couches? Like, moving is so, ah, just don't like it. It gets on my last nerve. And some things have been in your life for so long that you forget how heavy they are. As I was thinking about moving there, as I was thinking about the heaviness of things, I started thinking that a lot of things in our life have been on us for so long that we forget the weight that they have attached to them. There are things that God has allowed into our life that has a weight to them. There's a heaviness to them. But because we've been carrying them for so long, we forget they're heavy. I'll give you an example. Everybody thinks about their wedding day and, and people love to get married and the bride comes down the aisle with the white dress and so cute. And the guy's up there in the front with his penguin suit and everybody's loving it. And they say their I do. She's like, oh, my God, baby, he's calling her Sugarfoot. They have an amazing time. But now comes the heaviness, the weight the responsibility of being a husband and the responsibility of being a wife because when God allows things in your life, there's a weight attached to it. And the weight I'm talking about is responsibility. A couple months later or maybe 10 years later, you think about having kids and, and all of a sudden you have kids and you spoil them, you love them, and, and you forget sometimes that there's a responsibility or a weight that comes with parenting. There's a weight that comes with being a mom, and there's a weight that comes with being a dad. There's now a weight or responsibility on your shoulders. If you're a CEO and you open up a business and you're like, oh, I love it. I'm a businessman now, or I'm a businesswoman. Amazing. But now there's the weight of leadership on your shoulders. People are looking for you for provision and to provide work for them. And so there's some heaviness. And, and maybe you've been doing what you've been doing for so long, you forget how heavy it is. This morning, I, I want to talk about the, the, the weight of blessings. Because I believe God has blessed us, but maybe we've been blessed for so long, we've forgotten the heaviness of blessing. We've forgotten that there's a weight attached to it. There's a responsibility attached to it. There, there is something. God blesses you, but it comes with responsibility. And so maybe some of us, we've been blessed for so long, we forget that there is this blessing on our shoulders, and it comes with a weight. Somebody say weight. We're blessed. We're blessed. This morning, I want to tell you, you're, you're blessed. Maybe you came in here this morning, you're like, I, I'm not blessed. In fact, if I were to ask how many of you are rich Probably nobody will raise their hands. How many of you are rich in this place? And maybe one or two people will raise their hands. But, but if I were to say, how many of you are blessed this morning? Come on. All of us would say, we're blessed. Come on. Anybody blessed this morning? We're blessed. We're blessed. We are blessed. But sometimes we forget we're blessed. Because we've been blessed for so long. You've been blessed for so long, you forgot you're blessed. You forgot you're blessed so long that you have this thing called first world problems. Come on, that's how blessed we are. <laughs> you don't believe me? Let's talk about some examples. This is how blessed we are. This is how blessed we are. Some of us, we get on a plane that goes up 35,000 feet in the air. And because the Wi-Fi is slow up there, we get upset. First world, come on. <laughs> Don't act like that's not you. I can't believe it. I got no Wi-Fi. You're on a plane in the air. <laughs> Some of us were so blessed, we walk into a room in our house that our clothes live in. 
We have a room for our clothes. It's called the closet. I've been in countries where a whole family sleeps in one room smaller than our closets. We have a room for our clothes. Maybe it happened to you this morning. You walk into that room, you look around, and you say, <laughs> I have nothing to wear. I don't have anything. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I have nothing to wear. First world problems. <laughs> you wake up in the morning, you go to take a hot shower. Everybody love hot, hot showers. Come on. After about 30 minutes, <laughs> the water goes cold, and you get upset because there is no hot water. First world <laughs> You order food, and your Uber Eats takes too long. <laughs> this guy can't find addresses. I'm never ordering again. I just can't. First world, we're blessed. We're blessed. And maybe because of the culture, the society that we live in, we forget we're blessed because our eyes always constantly go on those that we think are rich, but we're rich. In fact, we're considered among the top first percent of the world because we have shoes on our feet. Come on, we got a shirt on our back. Come on, this morning there's air in this place. We're sitting in church. We got family. We got friends. I'm healthy. I at least got a coffee or a sandwich. God has been good to me. Come on, if God has been good to you, can you give them Five seconds of praise. Give God a big prayer. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Come on, somebody. We're blessed. Touch three people around you and tell them you're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. We're blessed. We're on our phone looking at people around the world. We're blessed. <laughs> we are blessed to be a blessing. There's a weight that comes with the blessing that God has given us. You may not have everything you want, but at least you have everything you need. Yes. To be blessed means I have more than what I need for my own life. And at different seasons, we're blessed more than other seasons. But the majority of us, we're blessed. We're blessed. God, help me to wake up in the morning and count my blessings. Maybe I've been counting on what I don't have, but what I need to count is what God has given me. Maybe I wake up in the morning and I've been complaining too much. Maybe I wake up in the morning and I've been looking at what I don't have. Maybe I've been waking up in the morning complaining about my wife, my husband, my job, my boss, my coworker. And God, maybe I should start blessing your name for the blessings you've given me. Come on, we're blessed. We're blessed. Now, now that blessing is heavy. It comes with a weight. In fact, God says he'll bless you for a reason. This goes all the way back to the father of our faith. Abraham, God said he was going to bless him for a reason. Look at, look at Genesis, Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. God told him this, hey, I, I'm going to make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, God told Abraham. Yeah, I'm going to bless you so much, I'm going to bless your socks off. I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I'll curse. And all peoples, somebody say, all peoples. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Come on, somebody. That's amazing. God says, I'll bless all peoples through you. Now, we can look at that and say, good for Abraham. That's amazing, God. God, you blessed Abraham. That's amazing. Thank you, Father Abraham. Had many sons. Amazing. Right? But the same blessing that God blesses Abraham with, he blesses you and I with. I know you don't believe me. I'll show it to you. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Verse 14, it says that now through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles, all of us that are not Jews. We are now blessed 
with the same blessing that he promised to Abraham. In other words, God promised to bless you. Oh, come on. God promises to make your name great. God promises to make you into a great people, into a great nation. It's called the body of Jesus. It's called the church. And through you, he will bless all peoples. There's a responsibility that comes with the blessing that God has. Is, is this making sense this morning? God has blessed us. Through Abraham, we're blessed. We are children of Abraham because we're children of God. There's a blessing that God has on his people, which is now the church. It just doesn't talk about Abraham and Israel anymore. Now it's talking about the church. You and I, we are blessed through God. But we're blessed to be a blessing to others. In fact, I'll put it this way. We can put it this way. We have been blessed by God so that we can be a blessing from God. We've been blessed by God so that we can be a blessing from God. Why, why do we do what we do as a church? It's hard for the house series, getting ready for the fourth quarter. A lot of people are missing out on blessing. Some of us were blessed so much, and we're blessed so that we can be a blessing. Paul, he's writing to Timothy. Remember, Timothy is his son in the faith, kind of like his student. He's been mentoring him, and, and now he's released him so he can be a pastor of a church. And so Paul writes a letter to him. Paul wrote letters to churches sometimes letters to individuals, and so that's why this one is called Timothy, because it was for Timothy, and he says, hey, Timothy, in chapter 6, verses 17 and 19, hey, hey, tell your church, in fact, don't even tell them, he says, command them, command those in your church who are rich, aka blessed, to be rich, not just in this life, but for the life that's coming. Hey, hey, remind them, don't just live for the here and now. I mean, God has blessed us, and he writes, and he blesses us for our enjoyment. In other words, God wants you to be blessed, and God wants you to enjoy your blessings. Anybody thankful for that? Come on. God's not against you being blessed. He says, enjoy your blessings, but hey, also, be rich to those in need. Hey, also, don't forget those that go hungry. Hey, also, lay up treasures in heaven for the coming age. And then he says, and then, and then you'll find out what real life is. What is real life? True life, he says. True life isn't about living for ourselves. True life isn't about getting up, counting our blessings, sitting down, and just enjoying them by ourselves. He says, hey, you want real life? Lay up treasures in heaven by being rich here on earth with others. Come on, anybody with me? So this morning, we, we're taking a pause as we enter the fourth quarter of the year and say, whoa, God, you've blessed us individually, but let's be real. He's blessed our church. Come on, we're part of a blessed church. Our church is blessed. Our church is blessed by so much. What are we going to do? We're not just blessed so that we can say Calvary's blessed, hashtag blessed, <laughs> best church, hashtag. <laughs> like, we're blessed as a church so that we can bless others. I'm not just talking about individually. Like, we're blessed we can't forget those in our city that go hungry. We can't forget those in our city that are trafficked by human trafficking. We can't forget those in our city that are desperate. We can't forget those in our city that go hungry. We can't forget those in our city that are lost. We can't forget those in the world that need Calvary to stand up and be a voice for the voiceless. Come on, we're blessed so that we can be a blessing. Can I get an amen? And so I'm going to share with you three things as we begin this series. Three things that I think we should do as a church. Three things that I think we should do as a church because we are blessed. All right? 
And so this is how we're going to start this series as we're thinking about, okay, God, you blessed us. What do we do? Well, the first thing that we should do is because God has given us more, what's the more for? First thing is to do more. Somebody say do more. In other words, God blesses you so that you can do more. Now, now, I'm not just talking about financially. If you think this series is all about money, it's not. Let, let me give you an example. If maybe you have a blessed marriage. Maybe, maybe you've been married now 20, 30, 40 years, and you have an incredible marriage, and you've gone through some hardship, you've gone through some tough times, and, and God has blessed your marriage. You've made it through. God hasn't blessed your marriage just so you can sit back and say, we've had an incredible marriage. Amazing. <laughs> But maybe now you can get in a connect group and start mentoring some young couples and say, this is how you stay faithful. This is how you don't cheat. This is how you build a good family. This is how you build a good home. Come on, you begin to share. You do more with what God has given you. Amen? Like, the reason God has given you a good home and a good family, share that with others. This is what we did to stay faithful. This is what we did to stay together through tough times, through trials. This is what we did when we were overdrafted. This is what we did when we went through tough times with our kids. Mentor somebody. Share. Do more. Maybe you're in here and you're a businessman or businesswoman and you've led an incredible business. Come on, get some young people around you and mentor them and say, this is what I did as a business leader. This is what I did when I had to let go of some employees or I had to hire five employees at a time. This is what I did. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You share with what God has given you. If you've raised kids and they've turned out okay, <laughs> share with some young parents what you've done. Don't do less with what God has given you. Do more. As a church, because God has blessed us so much, we shouldn't be doing less. We should be doing more. Because God's going to hold us accountable. God says, in fact, the more I give you, the more I'm going to hold you accountable. Because there's, there's, the weight of there's a weight on our church. There's a weight on your life because God has blessed you. I didn't say that. Jesus, some of you look at me like I said that. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 48. Jesus says, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. Ah. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. Jesus says, I've given you much, and I expect you to do more with the much I've given you. You can enjoy it. Remember 1 Timothy, he says, enjoy it. It's for your enjoyment, but also don't forget, do more with it. Matthew chapter 24 and 25, Jesus is talking about the coming of age and when he's going to return. And he gives a parable of man with talents. He gave some five, another one two, and another one one. Basically what he's saying is, what are you, you going to do with everything I've given you while I'm away? Because I'm coming back one day, I'm going to ask you what happened. And he wants us to be good stewards, managers. In other words, we're not owners of what we have. We're managers of what God has given us. We're managers of our family, of our homes, of our marriages. We're managers of our giftings, of our talents. We're managers of our resources. We're managers of our finances. What are we, how are we managing what God has given us? Right? In other words, God doesn't want to take more from you. In fact, I'm going to say something this morning that might shock you. God wants to give you more. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. Wherever you are this morning, I don't know if you believe this or not, God wants to bless you. 
there, there's this gospel out there. There's this message out there that says you're not blessed until you sell everything you have and live on the streets and are homeless. Like, like that's when you're a true man of God or a woman of God. We don't believe that. We don't believe in what's called the poverty gospel. We don't believe that that's true. We believe that God wants to bless you and you can't enjoy your blessings. We also don't believe in the, in the prosperity gospel, that you only come to God to be rich and you only come to God for blessings. No, we come to God for salvation of our sins through faith and grace in Jesus Christ. So it's not poverty, it's not poverty or this prosperity. We believe that God just wants you blessed in all areas of your life, in love, in family, in peace, in joy, in sound mind, in grace and in mercy. Come on, he wants you blessed. God wants to bless you. Look what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. You will be enriched or blessed in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. God wants to bless you in every way so that you can be a blessing in every occasion. And then through your generosity, it's going to result in thanksgiving to God. Come on, isn't that good? He says, I'll bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you so much. So that when you become a blessing, people will turn around and say, well, thank God because those people bless me. There is a God. Alex, what does that even mean? I'll give you an example. We, every single month we give to this organization called Vision Rescue. As a church, we're partners with Vision Rescue. Vision Rescue is in India. If you don't know, India has the highest number of homeless kids on the street. Just look at pictures of India. In Mumbai alone, it's believed that over 2 million kids are on the streets. Somebody from our church just recently went to India and they said they're all over the streets. Little kids walking all over the streets, homeless. Vision Rescue is a Christian organization led by this incredible pastor. It's a couple that started this years and years ago. Now it's a huge organization in India. They're part of Hillsong family and we love them very much. And um, they literally, what they do is that they take kids in. And they've literally built schools and places where the kids can come and eat, get an education, and live. Kids that are orphans, kids that are found in the street. Every single month, through our Heart for the House offering and through our regular tithes and offering, we bless Vision Rescue. And so now a kid begins to get an education, a kid begins to get some love, a kid learns about Jesus, a kid gets fed breakfast, lunch, and dinner. As he gets older, he's going to turn around and he's going to say, there is a God. Because when I was homeless, when I was an orphan, when I was out in the street, this church in Miami decided to be a blessing. This church in Miami understood the weight of blessing and they started to be a blessing. And because of that, today I'm thanking God. Come on, that's what 2 Corinthians chapter 9 means. So we don't do less with what God has given us. We do more. Somebody say do more. We also, number two, we understand as a church, we accept the responsibility. Accept the responsibility. You know, all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout Scripture, there's this talk about blessing the firstborn. I don't know if you've heard of it. The firstborn is blessed. In fact, the Bible says in the Old Testament that the firstborn gets a double portion of the Father's blessing. Now, if you're like me, I'm a middle child. I don't like that verse. I was always like... Why the firstborn? Why not the middle one? I, like, that, that would be my sister and not me. She doesn't deserve it. I'm just kidding. But, but why? why? And I didn't understand it. But, but there's a reason why the firstborn gets double blessing. In other words, if you had three kids, when you, when you make the will, make believe you had four kids and give two blessings to the first one. First one gets a double portion. Look what the Bible says. Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 17. The father must acknowledge the son of his unloved wife as the firstborn by giving him a double share of all he has. Give him double of all you have. That son 
is the sign of his father's strength. The right of the firstborn belongs to him. The firstborn is going to show the strength of the father, and the firstborn has a right that belongs to him. Now, that word right in Deuteronomy means responsibility. The reason why the firstborn gets double, it's not because they're special. It's not because they're amazing. The middle one is. But, but the, reason why, <laughs> the reason why the first one gets double is because if anything happens to the father, the first one is responsible. Now, you have to take care of the family. You have to take care of your mom. And you have to take care of your brothers and sisters. You don't get two because you're special. You get two because you're held responsible. Now, now the Bible says in the book of Colossians that Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. It's beautiful. In other words, God gave Jesus double of all he has because through Jesus, he's going to take care of all of us. Because through Jesus, all of us receive faith. All of us receive grace. All of us receive mercy. All of us receive forgiveness. Because through Jesus, we're blessed. We're blessed. Come on, we're blessed. Because of Jesus, the firstborn over all creation. But I'll take it one step further. You know what the church is called in the New Testament? We're called the firstborn church. In other words, our responsibility now, because we are firstborn from Jesus. The church is the firstborn from Jesus. We're known as the firstborn. In other words... When we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior is called to be born again. To be born again. When you're born again, you're born as a firstborn. <laughs> so I may be a middle child on earth, but I'm a firstborn in Jesus. Come on, somebody. I'm a firstborn. You're a firstborn, which means you get double the blessing, double the glory. You get double the inheritance from the Father because we are under Jesus. Now, that's amazing. And that's great. But that just means we're responsible. And that just means we should look after one another. So we do more. We accept the responsibility of being a newborn. Whoa, when I'm born again, I'm born as a firstborn. That's amazing. That's a privilege. That's a blessing in Jesus. And the reason for that, number three, is that we need to take care of each other. The reason that we're blessed is so that we can take care of one another. I'm going to look at your friend next to you and tell him, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. In other words, we don't live this life just for us. We live it to take care of one another. Is your brother down? Is your sister down? Are they in need? I got you. Oh, come on. I got a shoulder you can lean on. And I got a house that you can find rest in. And I got resources that I'll bless you with. I'm going to take care of you. And if you take care of me, come on, we're going to take care of one another. And we'll become the body of Jesus. And we'll become a blessing. We'll take care of one another. Come on, we'll look after one another. We'll be the body of Jesus. The firstborn church of Jesus Christ is going to be taking care of each other. And then the, then the firstborn church of Jesus is going to take care of those that don't know Jesus. Because it's not just for us. Remember, this is a series all about others. Make a difference. How does the church make a difference? We made a church. The, the church has made a difference throughout history. Oh, you look at the history of the church. There's been a lot of bad times that the church has done a lot of wrong. But there's also been a lot of good things the church has done. We built some of the first hospitals. 
we started honoring the human body when humans would pass away. Old ancient civilizations would throw them up in dumps and down in the ditches. Christians said, let's honor the body. It's the body of the temple of God. And so let's hold viewings and let's hold funerals. Like, like the church has done a lot of good things throughout history. Has fed a lot of people in the world, sheltered a lot of people in the world. Like look, at, look at the history of what great men and women have done. Salvation, the Salvation Army was started by a minister, William Booth, that to this day is still helping people around the world. And so, oh, it's our responsibility to take care of each other. And so, through this series, what do we want to say? We want to say, hey, there's a birthright that belongs to you in Jesus. Don't live it just for you. Look what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12. Look after each other. Somebody say each other. So that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau. Remember, Esau was the firstborn. He had the firstborn right of the father. And what did he do? Traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. In other words, the responsibility that God has given me as a firstborn, I don't want it. I want to enjoy my life now. And the blessings, I'm going to take them from me. And he traded his firstborn son for a single meal, the right for a single meal. You know that afterwards when he wanted his father's blessing, he, re he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. Hey, take care of each other. The privilege, the weight that is over. You've been carrying around blessings for so long, you forgot you were blessed. But you've been blessed so that you can be a blessing. Come on, is, there, is anybody receiving this this morning? Come on, there's a weight on our life. There's a weight on our church. We're blessed. What are we going to do with the blessings of God? It's more than just coming in here, singing some songs, having communion. I'm all for that. I love that. I love the church. I love that we gather once a week and we have an incredible time. But there's people out there who need us. And there's people out there who need the church to be a voice. And there's people out there who need the church to stand up. And there's people out there who need the church to love on them, not judge them, cover them, protect them. This is what the church is for. Can I get an amen? I'll finish with this. I'll finish with this. Isaiah chapter 58, the prophet is talking on God's behalf to God's people. Look what he says. Isaiah chapter 58. Hey, is this the kind of fast or lifestyle that I've chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves, only for the bowing of one's head like a reed, and for lying in sackcloth and ashes. Is that what you call a fast, a, a day acceptable to the Lord? In other words, is this what, what church is all about? Is this what being God's children is all about, just for you to come and pray and fast for your own life? And then God says, is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen? This is really why I've blessed you. Oh, to loose the chains of injustice. And to untie the cords of the yoke and to set the oppressed free and to break every single yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? In other words, God's saying, this is why I blessed you. Oh, so you can feed the hungry, so you can clothe the naked, so you can take care of the foreigner, so you can go and take care of those that are in need. This is what God has blessed us for. God says, if you live this way, oh, I'll bless you. 
Oh, if you do this right kind of lifestyle, if you understand what the more is for and the way to blessing, I'll bless you. In Isaiah 58, you have to read it on your own time. But God says, this is what I have for you. If you live this way, I'll bless you. I'll bless you. In fact, Isaiah chapter 58 then has 12 different blessings right after that. I'm going to read them to you. Go back and mark one, two, three. 12 blessings that he'll bless you with if you live the way that God wants you to live. Look what he says. This is the way it is. In verse number 8, it says, if you live this way, then your light will break forth like the dawn. And your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Come on, somebody. That's about four blessings right there. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You'll cry for help, and he'll say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression and with the pointing of finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry, and if you satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise. It says, then your light will rise, and all of a sudden in darkness, and your night will become like the noonday the Lord will be your guide always he'll satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and he'll strengthen your frame you'll be a well-watered garden and like a spring whose water never fail your people will rebuild ancient ruins and you will rise up and you will rise up age-old foundations you will be called a repair of broken walls and a restore of streets with dwellings come on we're repairs we will be known known as people that repair, that rebuild, will be known as people that are well-watered garden because we live the way that God has created us to live. Come on, we're blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing to this world. Come on, if you believe that, can you lift up your hand all across? Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands all across this place. Come on, you've been blessed. You've been blessed. There's a way of blessing. There's a way to blessing on your life and on my life. We've been blessed. We've been blessed. God, help us to take our eyes off of us for a season. You've blessed our lives. You've blessed our church. We're part of an incredible body. We're part of an incredible community here in Miami, but we're blessed to be a blessing. Remind us that the kind of life you want from us is not just to come pray and humble ourselves before you, all that is great, but, but to take care of the oppressed, to untie the yokes of unrighteousness. And then you'll bless us. You'll bless us with more. Because he who refreshes others, they themselves will be refreshed. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you for your blessings. Maybe this morning we came in here without counting our blessings. Maybe this morning we came in here with complaining and looking down at all you've given us help us to count all of our blood you were blessed we're blessed we're blessed you've blessed us i may not have everything i want but i have everything i need and so we're blessed but with that blessing comes a responsibility this morning god we want to do more this morning we accept the responsibility of being blessed and we will take care of one another that's a heart for your house. That's why we have a heart for your house, because we understand the weight of blessing. And together, we'll carry that weight. Thank you, Jesus. With every eye closed, every head bowed, all across this place, if you walked into this place this morning and you don't have a relationship with God,
Maybe you walked in here this morning. You say, Alex, I'm far from God. Maybe it's your first time here, second time here. We're so glad that you joined us. And maybe you're saying, okay, I think I'm blessed, but I don't really know God this way. I want to tell you, you may not know him, but he knows you. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And maybe you're thinking there's no way God can know me or love me because I've done so much wrong. All of us have done wrong. There's not one perfect person in this place. We've all done wrong, said wrong, thought wrong. The Bible says, for all have sinned. We've all sinned. We've all failed. And the Bible says that our sin separates us from God, but it also says that God, he loves us so, so much. God loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus, the firstborn of all creation. Jesus came and, and Jesus grabbed my sin, your sin, all of our flaws, our mistakes, our shame, our guilt. And the Bible says that Jesus carried it up on a cross and that Jesus Christ, he gave up his life for all of humanity. He died for me and he died for you. He died on that cross. He went down to a grave. He was in a grave for three days. But after three days, Jesus, he resurrected. We believe that he's alive. Today, Jesus, he's the answer that you've been looking for. He's the hope that you need. He's the peace that you've been searching for all your life. I want to tell you, Jesus is the hope for humanity. Come on, with every eye closed, with every head bowed, come on, as the entire church is praying, dream team praying, every person praying. If you're here today, you say, Alex, I need Jesus. Alex, I need a brand new beginning. I need a brand new start. I want Jesus to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a brand new beginning and a brand new start. I'm going to count to three in just a moment. If that's you at the count of three, I want you to raise your hand wherever you're at. I want you to raise your hand. Hold it up for a few seconds. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out, tell you to come down. None of that. Every eye closed, every head bowed. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. I just want to see who's making this decision today. More importantly, I believe God has seen you take this decision. If you're in here and you say, Alex, I need Jesus. I need forgiveness. I need a brand new beginning in life. At the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand as high as you can. Raise it up. Raise it up. Hands everywhere. I see you. 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 Amazing. 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 Anybody else? Amazing. Father, we thank you so much for every single hand raised. Thank you for every single person making this decision today. Come on, with eyes closed, head bowed. I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. That you died for my sins and on the third day you resurrected come into my life be my lord and be my savior in jesus name amen amen and amen come on calvary can we celebrate every single person made a decision